0: Welcome to this week's presentation from Bethesda, a church community where anyone can belong. We hope that the following presentation encourages you in your faith journey. Thanks for listening. We've been journeying, or we have journeyed with Jesus as he's challenged people to follow him. From Matthew's house to Peter's house, and last week Pastor Rob found Jesus challenging Uh, A group of people of what it really is to follow him. Uh, This week, we have a group of people who had high expectations on Jesus. And the expectations, the word expectation is such a powerful word, isn't it? When you got up this morning, uh, or if you, some of you didn't get up at 6 a.m. because you're in the second service, but when you put your feet to the floor this morning, you were hoping that the heat in the house was working, right? based on how cold it was. As a matter of fact, when you put your feet to the floor, you would just assume that your feet would work. When you got up and you went into the kitchen, um, you pressed that coffee maker and you said, in the name of Jesus, that coffee maker better work. And it worked. And we have high expectations. You came to church today. When you walked into the building, you had an expectation, not a direct one, not a, a, a forceful one or an arrogant expectation, just an expectation of someone was going to greet you and smile to you, at you and say hello to you, uh, whether it was at the door or coming into the service. You had an expectation that the pastor would get up this morning, he would preach an, uh, an amazing word from God. Is that a high expectation or a low one? I'm not sure. But either way, we have, uh, I just love nervous laughter. You're not sure what to laugh, right? <laughs> oh, pastor, you could laugh. I have friends that laugh at me all the time. Uh, but we have an expectation uh, of certain things. This group of people in John chapter 11 had a high expectation on Jesus, not because they had just begun following Jesus, but they were in the process of following Jesus. They had seen Jesus do things and perform things that completely transform who they thought Jesus was. They had an expectation based on an experience with Jesus. It's different, isn't it? And in John chapter 11, verse 1, it says, now a man named Lazarus. Everybody say Lazarus. Was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now John puts this here in the middle. This is an expectation. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. There's an expectation. So the sister sent word to Jesus. Okay they have a relationship with Jesus. This is not at the beginning. This is not follow me. This is the, I have been following you. I have served you. You've been at my house, right? There's a certain expectation. And it said, "Lord, the one you love is sick." Don't even say his name. Just say the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Mary and Martha's sister, uh, her sister and Lazarus. So there's a relationship there. There's an expectation there. And we see it right at the very beginning. It's one thing to to follow Jesus when you have no expectations. But Mary and Martha served Jesus, and had seen Jesus heal, and their expectations were high. John records the story, and he tells it in a literal standpoint. First of all, he's, he tells us that Lazarus is connected with, to Mary and Martha. and They were kind to Jesus, and now Lazarus has a problem, and he needs help. John is reminding us. And secondly, when Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, uh, the details are scarce. Okay, that means not a lot of details. They don't even even say his name; just the one you you love is sick because they had have a relationship with with Jesus, and he knows Mary and Martha and So These details are building on an expectation for what is happening next. And let me ask you a question: Who are who are the people that you expect the most from in your life? I, I'm, I'm willing to bet, and I'm not a betting person. I, I'll tell you the ones. First of all, it's the ones who we've done the most for, right? We don't say it out loud. We, it's not an arrogant thing, but you want it to be reciprocated. I tell my kids all the time that. When they're sitting at my supper table and, and they're eating a meal that they love, man, this is a great meal. I remind them, don't you forget who gave you that meal. When you're 75, when I'm 75 years old and you want to put me in a senior's home, you remember that meal, right? You want that kindness reciprocated, Right? And so that's one aspect. And the other one is the people who have done the most for you. If someone's done something for you, you still want them to continue to be kind to you. It's not an arrogant thing or a covetous thing. It's just you like the reciprocation of kindness. And so Jesus would fit into these categories. Mary and Martha had an expectation that Jesus would act because of what they had done for Jesus and what Jesus had come to do for the world. There was an expectation there and kindness there. And so they are in trouble and they send for Jesus. I'm sending for you, Jesus. I have an expectation on you. And they say, so when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he got up and set out to Bethany taking the 12 with him, and when he had came to the place where Lazarus was lying, he placed his hands on him, and Lazarus got up and walked away following Jesus. That's not what it says, by the way. It's what we wanted to say. We expect it to because, there, the, the, you know, this is the way John has set it up. There was Lazarus. Mary and Martha s- took care of Jesus. When he came to town, Jesus loves Lazarus. He is sick. Jesus heals Lazarus. It makes sense. You know, to, to, to be in, in, the, in that order. But this is, sometimes life doesn't turn out the way we expect it to. Even though we are faithful followers of Jesus, our expectation sometimes doesn't line up with our experience. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? You ever go to a restaurant? On a, on a very sh- a small example, and you have an expectation of a certain food. I mean, if you go to Scampers, you get fish and chips, right? That's fish and chips. How how can you get fish and chips wrong? You can. But if you go to a restaurant that's a hundred fifty dollar meal, if you do that, you expect a great meal. You hear what I'm saying? Anybody say Amen? If Rob Lodge was there, he'd say amen. And so, so we, have, we have an expectation here. But it, what it really says is, so when, when, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was. Everybody say it with me. Two more days. Now, hold on now. That's not the way it should go. Two more days? John spent five verses setting us up to think a miracle is, co- is coming. For some of you that know this the story, it may be, what I'm saying may be a little elementary to you, but if you don't know, this is interesting. You know, he sets us up with it, but we end up with seeing Jesus staying where he is instead of Jesus going where we think he is needed. You ever feel like that in your own life? That's so disappointing, isn't it? This is so perplexing, because one thing we know from the ministry of Jesus, and we found out over the last four weeks, he could have sent word to Lazarus, he could have. He didn't have to show up. Read Luke, Luke chapter 7. The centurion doesn't even show up where Jesus is. Sends a servant. And Jesus goes along to go to the centurion's house, and he sends out another servant and says, I'm, 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 I'm not worthy to be in your presence, and could you just send your healing? And Jesus turns and he looks at the followers and says, this man's faith is great. And they go and they find the servant, and she's healed. He could do that? No, he, he stays two days. What do you do when the God who can answer any prayer doesn't answer your prayer? We get this idea that the followers of Jesus were devoted, joyful, and spent their days watching Jesus answer their prayers and heal anyone in sight. And we, we kind of we take that and we galvanize this expect, expectation into the middle of our own journey with God and we have an expectation there then we see mary and martha wrestle with god and not showing up on time he stayed two more days and then he said to his disciples after two days let's go to judea <laughs> a little late don't you think that's not my time that's that's off time it's a little late and once again, the disciples are not really understanding in the context of the story. And they go on with the, a conversation about trying to protect Jesus because of some things that happened in the past. And Jesus, is, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, and see, they're still not getting it. They, sometimes Jesus feels like, to them, it feels like Jesus is speaking in riddles. But he's, he always has a purpose and a perspective sometimes that the people don't understand. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he says, Lord, they say, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better, won't he? Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. See, once again, Jesus is on another plane talking about something, and they're way out, out to lunch and what how they're interpreting it. And so then he, he told them plainly, Boys, Lazarus is dead. He tells them just plainly, he comes out, okay, okay, you guys are not under, He's dead. He's dead, and I'm glad. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Hold on a second here now, Jesus. So that you may believe, but let us go to him. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how long? Oh, for not two days anymore. It's four days. Wow. What do you do when when God doesn't show up at your time in your moment, four days. Let me give it to you in the context. Why four days? There's this Jewish custom, and maybe important on the third on the third day of the, of, the, of death, their custom was that the spirit would leave the body. So Jesus is proving a point here. Jesus wanted to wait until everybody knew that this thing was over, to begin to accomplish the thing he wanted. To do. It's all over by then. The spirit had left the body, and Jesus steps into this situation when all hope is gone, even for a miracle. And what's confusing about this, only a few verses back, Jesus replied, said that Lazarus situation would not end in death. Then he dies. So again, in the, in the middle of following Jesus, we are disappointed that he doesn't show up on time. And now we're disappointed that he didn't do what he said he would do when he did show up. Boy, does that ever describe our context and what you're going through right now. You have a version of what and when and how God should do something in your life. And oftentimes, it doesn't plan, the plan doesn't play out like that. I'm going to say something that's scandalous. Following Jesus can be a disappointing experience sometimes. Put that on Twitter. God is good all the time. No, not today. And see how many followers you get and how, people, how many people would, would, would relate to that struggle in the middle of misinterpreting what God is saying in the moment. And there's a reason why Martha's doing that. I, I was shopping in Florida a couple years ago. Don't get the idea that I enjoyed a lot, but I was, you know, forced to, really. For, forced, lo- lovingly forced to shop. I, I was in this store, and I was thinking how there, there, there's this discrepancy. When you're a man, you got a lot of time to think when you're chasing females around shopping. And that's not a stereotype. That's real life. Statistics prove that somewhere. I was in this store and I was thinking how there is a discrepancy between the way some things look in the store sometimes and the way it looks when I get it home. You ever buy something? And you're like, you're in the store and that looks good on me. And then you get home, you're like, what happened? I mean, it looks good in the store, especially when you go into one of those nice stores. And I actually was wondering about this in Orlando one day, shopping, and I got to asking this guy who worked there in one of those really nice stores, and I said, why does, it, why does everything look so much better in the store than it does when I get it home? And he goes, it's the lights, bro. <laughs> All right. It's the lighting, man. He said, he said they, they spend millions and millions of dollars figuring out how to place these lights. It's science, man. The lighting, the lighting is designed so that when it hits your clothes, you will look thinner. <laughs> but it won't, he said. I'm like, you should be fired, really. <laughs> it's the lighting. And while I was asking him, I was standing there with a shirt from the store I had tried on. And, I, and the shirt was one size too small for me. Actually, it was two sizes, but you know what you're like, right? You, 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 you rationalize that in the dressing room, right? And so I, I was standing there with him, so I said, uh, is this the, the lighting here? He, he responded, can't help you there, bro. <laughs> but you know, you, you know as well as I do, we're sometimes tempted to think that life is from one cloud to the next. And if the light can hit you just right, and the right song, and the right service, we start believing that everything is perfect. Until the pain comes, and the sickness comes, and something happens. And see, the story in John isn't telling us that it is perfect. Following Jesus isn't about a perfect life, but a what? And Martha will tell us this story in a moment. Not necessarily what she's saying, but her posture. Don't forget now, we know Lazarus was, was, was raised from the dead, but he died first. You can't be raised unless you're dead. Mary and Martha don't know what's coming next in the plot summary. We do. They don't know the passage ends with something amazing. They are wrestling with the fact that this journey with Jesus isn't perfect. The one who could heal didn't heal. That's the worst part. Right? He didn't have to come. He could have sent word from a disciple with lots of faith or spoke a word, but he didn't. And the experience now is not what they expected. And if someone told you that following Jesus makes everything perfect and you will always be happy and you will always play worship songs and a harp in the face of your enemy and when your kids misbehave, you will gather them around and you will sing, Great is thy faithfulness, and they will all fall in line and quote Psalms 23 in Hebrew. You will be disappointed. I'm just saying it. When you get out in the light of the store and go, this doesn't look like it did under the perfection of the lights. What's interesting, Jesus was constantly disappointing his followers from time to time. They wanted him to be born in a place of royalty, in a barn. Disappointed. They wanted him to, they wanted him to be born naturally. No, virgin birth, Nazareth, Hicktown. Disappointed. They didn't. They didn't want that kind of king. The longer they followed him, the greater the need for their version of what he should be. Peter Peter was disappointed. One time, Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and Jesus healed her. And Peter was disappointed. You're supposed to laugh there. (laughs) Many scholars believe that that's why Peter denied Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> you see the, the, the crowds were disappointed in him on Palm Sunday they were shouting Hosanna and by the end of the week they had hung on a, on a tree wearing a crown of thorns not a crown of splendor a sinner's crown they shouted crucify him the one who was supposed to deliver us from the oppression has now become a victim of that same oppression that's not how that, that's disappointing he was supposed to deliver us But now we are disappointed, except the one. He didn't disappoint the one who he came to serve, though. And when Jesus is explaining why he won't go to Lazarus right away, he gives us some insight behind the plan. When he had heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. See, different perspective. And God will often do that in our lives. He will step into our lives. we for listening, even if we're not listening, and he will either directly or indirectly communicate his perspective. You know why God's plan doesn't match up with our plan and we're disappointed in our expectations of Jesus? Because, because, because God's perspective is so different from our perspective. Let's be honest. If we're going to be honest, we disappoint God way more than he disappoints us. If you want to use human language, okay? It doesn't mean what you're going through doesn't hurt or, or God is punishing you or anything like that, but think about what God could have punished us for that he placed on his only son. Uh-huh. But by his grace, you have and I have been brought into a relationship that is much greater than anything you could have ever expected. His grace has allowed us to be here. It's his mercy. We don't deserve it. That breath you are breathing, it's all a gift. Job said he gives and he takes away. We are blessed because he brought us this far, and if it takes me to a place I don't like, he brought me there too. Either way, I thank him because I am not where I should be. Amen? I should be lost and undone without God or his son. But I thank him. here we are. And because of that, I praise him. When was the last time you praised God for, for him just being God? Not for what he could do in your life. When was the last time you reflected on the redemptive story that God, the simple story that God sent his son to you? Hmm. I would venture to guess we haven't because we had an expectation on God. And it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. We need to know the truth about following Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to say it in a certain way and you get home and realize it doesn't work that way. It can be disappointing to follow Jesus when we misinterpret what he is doing because he, he has a plan that we don't understand. And, here, and he hears and then he stays. Then he, instead of hearing and coming. I mean, it's confusing because he has a certain perspective and a plan. So let me speak to you now. So when you are standing over that dead thing, in your life that we prayed for so long to have. And when we have cried out for days, like Mary and Martha and God seems to be in Jerusalem doing something less important when he should be in Bethany attending to our needs. Right? You need to realize that God sees from a different perspective in your life. And in verse 18, we know he, he is late, but life, but like your life... You, you may interpret what's going on now as God is not showed up. He's late. I have an expectation. He hasn't met it. And a, there's a gap between my expectation and my experience. But the story isn't over. And John gives some geographical details. He says, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, look at what it says. She went out to meet him. Come on now with her hand on her hip, right? She went out to meet him, and, and Mary stayed home, and, and it says, I'm just imagining this, but I'm willing to bet that Martha had her speech ready because you had your speech ready right in that moment of disappointment you know that speech that you make up while you're in the shower you're going to tell them right when i get a chance to tell them oh. when you're driving up that road you know like you make up that speech you know whether it's to god or someone else that's disappointing you you know oh, i got a speech and when i get a chance i'm going to tell them you never tell them but you make it up and it's good right it's thank god that you don't tell them but that's martha she's human just like us and she's in the middle of a moment and had an expectation on Jesus and, and her experience is not matching it. And she says, she went out to meet him. Hmm. I'm just imagining it. She says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here when we sent for you. It doesn't say that, but that's what she means. You didn't get the message, Jesus? I texted you. Was the cell service spotty in your location? You know what I'm saying? I'm just speaking to a younger generation here. Right? You know what I'm saying? Was the flip phone not working? <laughs> you know, like, what, what, are you on a Rogers account, not a Bell account? You didn't get my message? If you would have been here. Oh Man, my brother would not have died. That's the language we use. If you would have, I wouldn't have. See it? That's the the message we tell, right? We get ready to to tell that person, if you would have, I wouldn't have. And that's what Martha's doing. And she says, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now, God, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know that. That's what's going on there. See, these verses describe perfectly the detailed struggle of anyone who expected something from God, but it didn't line up with what God was doing. It's perfect. These are two struggles going on here. Martha is caught between the two of them. The one is this, the past. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's hanging. You need to hear this. This is profound in this story, and you can miss it easy. She is hanging her experience, expectations on what would have been on something God did not do, something that didn't happen, that could have happened but didn't. You know, it's, it's the person in the room, if my dad would have raised me, I would be different, but they, my, my parents divorced, right? If you would have God, I wouldn't have. Right? Right? Or or, if this didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be this way. If I would have kept my job, if you would have stopped that thing from happening. See, that's past experiences. If you would have that, then I would not have. And Martha is filtering her expectation of Jesus on a past event. And boy, do we do that well. So Jesus doesn't answer it, and it leads Martha to a second conclusion. It says, but I know that even now, everybody say that, even now. I love that phrase. God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. In other words, let's go and shut down the funeral. But Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now she's talking about the future, not the past anymore. So she refers to the past, if you would have been here, and if you would have come, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus says, I'll raise him. And she responds, well, I know you will raise him, but if you would have been here now. Now she is deferring her expectations to the future, and the devil loves this polarity. He loves it when we hang our expectations in the past where nothing can be done about it. That thing that has happened to you, it is awful, it's, it's 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 there's no other word for it. It's awful, but nothing can be done about it. He loves you, and and, and I, I to push our hope, and it, the devil loves to push our hope out to the future and make it abstract. And so what happens is we get stuck in the past and and what will happen in the future, in that middle. Martha had the ability somehow. In following Jesus to look God in the flesh and say, I'm disappointed, man. You should have been here. You should have showed up. I had an expectation on you, God, and you didn't do it. But even now... I came out here to meet you because I still know you are a supernatural God. Even now, I cannot change the past. I cannot control the future. But right now, the presence of Jesus is in this situation, and something can still turn around. Even now, I'm not mad. I'm just excited. We put our we govern our relationship with God on a past experience. And we think that that's what God is going to do now. And God is saying, no, no, no. You're focused on that when you should be focused on me. Whew. And Martha says, if you would have been here so we spent our time dwelling on the past where, where God should have showed up but he didn't. Or we defer and push our hope out to the future and ignore what God is doing and trying to say right now. You hear what I'm saying? But John 11 is telling us the miracle. Oh, man oh, that I could get this myself and understand it myself. The miracle happens in your life when you stop looking for a way to get out of this situation and start looking for a way for him, for for me, God, to bring you through it. he says the sickness will not end in death. Lazarus did die, yes, but it wasn't over. Jesus says it depends on what your definition of end is. Why? Because following Jesus... Isn't about perfection, but surrendering to a God who is the source of all things in your life. And Martha, I didn't show up on your time, but I'm here now. You see, our expectations cannot be built on something, it has to be built on someone. This was a constant lesson. That Jesus was teaching each person he asked to follow him. Whether it was sitting at Matthew's house, engaging Peter, our success in following Jesus isn't about doing it right, but surrendering our lives to a God who brings life to dead situations. Oh, the person I needed isn't there anymore. That thing I wanted didn't happen. But Jesus is here and my expectation is him. I mean, it it had to take all of Martha's faith just to get those words that I know even now God will give what you ask. You see, most people allow their expectations to die. Hung between their regrets about their past and the uncertainty about the future. And God says, I am not not a, a past help in time of trouble, I'm not a future help in time of trouble. I am a present time, present help in time of trouble. Don't let your expectations church, on listen, listen to me. Don't let your expectations die a premature death. Why? Yes, what happens hurts, but don't give up because the scene of Marthas, the scene of Martha's disappointment, turned into the setting of the most powerful miracle. Martha met him at the gate. As the band returns, disappointed and all, because it's real life. It's struggle. You should have been here. If you had been here, that's us. That's where we are. When are you going to show up? But she met Jesus at the gate, and God is saying to you this morning, just meet me at the gate. Bring bring me your disappointed expectations. Tell me your frustrations. Tell me you're not going anywhere. Let the Lord take control and turn around and bring you to Lazarus, the place of your greatest pain, and watch me do something wonderful in your life. And look what Jesus says. He said to her, I love it. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that. Now, wait a minute. He didn't say, do you believe that? He said, do you believe this? Look at verse 26. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, Martha says, yes, I believe you are. In other words, she is saying, I'm not sure about this, but I'm sure about that, and that is not what he's going to do. She she doesn't know what God is going to do, Jesus is going to do. He didn't show up. So predicting his plans is, a, is out of the equation. She, she says, here's what I know. I believe that you are the Messiah. Woo! <laughs> the Son of God who is to come into the world. She is recognizing outside of the experience who is the source of fixing this problem and surrendering to him. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know who I'm talking to. You're the Messiah. Jesus already healed over 30 times before John 11. He healed the leopard, the withered hand, the paralyzed, demon-possessed. Healing is what he did. He could have came and healed her. But Jesus' perspective and purpose was different this time. He didn't meet Martha's expectation four days earlier because if he did, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to exceed them by raising Lazarus from the dead. And see, for you, every, every, everybody say every. Yes. Every unmet expectation in my life is an opportunity for God to exceed it with his plan. And in that, a better understanding he is of who he is when your expectations isn't something when your expectation is to know someone then you can stare in the face of uncertainty and adversity and say even now somehow know how but I know who it doesn't change how I feel sometimes but my hope is not built on stability of other people's opinions or my my experience is built on someone and that's Jesus Christ and his righteousness right you see others in your situation would have pulled the covers over your head this morning wouldn't they what you're going through today but here you are today you got out of bed Somehow you spent the night in the lines, then, and when morning came, somehow you woke up and you are still here. Somehow, somehow. God, I wish you would have turned it around earlier. God, I wish you would have heard my prayer. I wish it would have turned out differently. But here I am, and here you are, and somehow, some way, I am counting on you. Even now. Even now, somehow somehow would you stand all over this room all over this room and let's be honest this message could sound really nice in the light of of these lights they can, can't they but the uh, the truth of it is church, like Martha we've said that if you would have been here. That that's our version of, of complaining to God based on our interpretation of an experience that we had. And an expectation on God. God, you should have done that. Why did you why did you have to allow this to extend longer than it should have? I've learned my lesson. Right? That's, that's real life. That's outside of the lights. That's that's in real real time in your life. And a, and a really wanted to craft an altar time that was so nice and so pretty in the lights but the reality is this story is messy it's a person wrestling and journeying with the narrative of her life and the life of a loved one and their expectation that they had on God and how God should show up in their lives and he didn't do it the way that they thought he should but he did show up on a different time, with a different purpose, from a different perspective. And that perfectly describes where you are today. It does, because I know you live in real life, and you struggle. So today, at the end of this message, is about you responding to that. And however way that you feel is is comfortable in your way, this altar is, is for you today. It's an opportunity for you to come and just take a moment and just say, God, I'm here again maybe for the first time you're saying because you you haven't worked past what's going on because you've deflected it on a past experience and you deflected it on an experience and you had an expectation that didn't work and now you think God is going to God's not going to show up again and maybe for the first time you're saying okay even now i don't know how it's going to i don't know how it's going to all work out but even now i'm just i'm just i'm just giving it to you god i'm giving you I'm just gonna give it to you. All the hopelessness, all the pain and sadness. Not the veneer of Sunday morning when I look like I got it together. I'm, look, I'm talking about the pain that I feel when I walk out, the loneliness I feel. The struggle with mental health and struggle with the sickness that I have in my body, and struggle with the loved one that I have is real. This church is a place for messy situations you belong here this is not coming from a perfect pastor you know my story it's real I'm you you're me it's we're all together just just different variations we're just all beggars begging for bread from the bread of life so today is about just responding Thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about our church community, please visit our website, Bethesda.ca, and consider joining us for a gathering soon.